1: What's up, everybody, and welcome back for another episode of the QB Factory Reboot brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. We are recording on Tuesday, August 9th, and as you can see, we have a special guest today. I'm your host, Rachel Prevet. I'm joined by my amazing co-host, the one and only QB expert, Mark Schofield, and we're joined by a friend of the pod. You guys know... You're probably familiar with this voice. He's been here before. He's been amazing. He is currently the lead NFL reporter for Pro Football Network. His name is Mike K. What's up, Mark? What's up, Mike? How are you guys doing on this lovely Tuesday morning?
2: Well, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to see you guys again, and uh, excited to be back on the BGN radio waves. I guess you would say it's been a long. And time. Mike, we're
3: excited to have you back. But also, before I forget. A happy belated birthday to the one and only Rachelle Prevett, the best host in the game. Rachelle, happy birthday.
2: Happy birthday.
1: I turned
3: 26 on Saturday.
2: Oh, my God. Mark and I are both very old.
1: <laughs> Not even
3: wise. Wisdom. Oh, funny. dear Lord.
2: Oh, wow. This is gray. and or This is gray. In, in yeah, game. I mean,
3: I got the gray. I got the receding hairline. Like, goodness oh. gracious, now I feel old. But happy birthday, though. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, Mike, uh, we're obviously having you on to talk some Eagles here. And you were at their practice, their their sort of practice at the link on Sunday night. I know you did a piece on the observations from that practice, which we're going to walk through. But just generally speaking, sort of out of the gate, like, how did that go? How did this team look? What were your sort of, you know, upper level takeaways from that night?
2: look i i think a j brown is going to have six million targets i i think that that is i have ne- i'm i'm serious i've covered a lot of number one wide receivers i've never seen a guy get this much play this early on in camp like they are making a concerted effort to say, listen, we paid you a hundred million dollars uh you're gonna have a hundred million catches um and i think that's kind of concerning actually. Uh, I, I wrote this on Twitter, a couple of, uh, when I was at the previous practice that I attended, I said, I've been to two practices. I have barely noticed Devonte Smith and he's been open a lot. Um, and I just, as much as AJ Brown is unquestionably a wide receiver one, I think he's a top five wide receiver in the league. Um, Mark, I think you and I both subscribe to the X receiver being a dominant force yeah. and a QB, a QB maker. They can be QB makers. Um, and but I will say this. When you put a guy like that at X and you put a route runner like Devontae Smith at Z, you better be fe- you better be taking advantage because if that kid's not getting pressed off the line, he is open. He's open. That's what it is. And that's a concern I have. If if your first read is always A.J. Brown, even if he's not technically your first read, that can become a problem, especially if he gets injured, um, if defenses start, you know, really. Look, I went to commander's training camp. That secondary is very, very good. Uh, You know, Trayvon Diggs with help is very, very good. Um, so they're gonna they're gonna have to figure this out. And um on the positive side, I will say that I think Jalen Hurts has become a lot more accurate and efficient across the middle of the field. He's seeing the field much more clearly. Uh, and he's got trust in the middle of the field, which I don't really think he had prior to that. I think the fact that you have Quez Watkins in this offense. With him, the same amount of time entering their third year together, Quez is is a a guy who is a major breakout candidate. I think the fact that Devontae Smith's there, the fact that he has the same quarterbacks coach, offensive coordinator, head coach, um, you know, every trainer for the last two years is is huge. And I think you're seeing. Look, he's got a lot to work on. Trust me, he's got a lot to work on. We know that. We know that he is not. I hate when people say not a natural thrower of the football. I used to cover Blake Bortles, and he used to say that about himself. I'm sorry. I'm not a natural thrower of the football. <laughs> they are natural. When you can heave a ball 50 yards, you're a natural thrower of the football. I just think Jalen has improved his mechanics slightly. He still needs to improve them more. He still needs to improve his timing in the pocket. His big issue right now is timing. And that's tough when you run uh, a hybrid of the West Coast offense. West Coast offense, you need to you need to have that timing. And I think that's like the next key to his development. But th- those were my overarching things as I go off on a tangent.
3: No, no, uh, that was a fantastic tangent, my friend. And I want to sort of pull on a thread there because you mentioned timing. Do you think that in some respects this emphasis on A.J. Brown getting 8 million targets right now is made with an eye, is done with an eye towards getting that timing down between Brown and Hertz, so that when the games start for real, like, he's got a relationship that's built in from a season together with Smith and from Quez. Like, you think that that's the emphasis now, and we'll see more ball distribution once games get
2: going. I'd say it's a concerted effort to to get that timing down, but I also would say that's not really to Sirianni's – Outlook Sirianni wants you to spread the ball around. Sirianni wants everybody involved. You know, he's got a treasure chest of toys at this point. And look, I do think that a lot of people have gotten overzealous about the offense and being like, oh, my gosh, Jalen Hurts has been set up to succeed. Well, they've added one player, and that's A.J. Brown. And now if you are really bought into the fact that A.J. Brown can be durable – that his catch rate can be better with a guy that he's more comfortable with, then I I, I think you feel very good. Sorry, as I get the sniffles, my allergies are going bananas. Uh, I, I I think, like, it's all about getting... I, I don't know if it's, ti- like, programmed for timing. I think it's programmed for confidence. Like, I think A.J. Brown has caught, like at least in the three practices that I've been to, I think he's dropped one pass from Jalen Hurts. So that type of, you know, outlook is really, really important, right? Like if Jalen feels like he knows that he can target a guy down the field, he can do it. And like you said, he's got the rapport with Devontae Smith. Uh, He's got the rapport with Quez Watkins, uh, Dallas Goddard. I do think he's seeing the field in the better in the middle of the field because they are running so many slants with, AJ Brown, so his eyes are naturally trained to the middle of the field, which is interesting, right? Like he's working seems very, very well, and I think that's a development for him because, right, like last year, if you study him, he's going to the outside probably seventy-five percent of the time. He does not want to work within linebacker and safety coverage. He doesn't want to work within corner and safety coverage. That's not really what he's doing, but he's seeing zone defenses a lot better, at least from what I've seen in practice. Um, I mean, look, I'm not there every, I'm not Brandon. I i am not there every practice I'm at other ones, but you know, I, I do think that when you look at the overarching progression for him, he is probably of the guys that I've been on my tour outside of Lamar Jackson, the guy you probably feel most comfortable with. I saw Lamar on the opening day of camp. He looked tremendous. Then I saw Carson Wentz stink up the joint. Then I went to the Jets, where I think Zach Wilson is actually, uh, Mark, I was actually going to hit you up, I actually really think that his development is really starting to kick in. Like, he is, yeah. he's starting to see the field much better, he's throwing to the flat much better. Um, and then I, I think you go to Jalen Hurts, and then you see Daniel Jones, and you're like, Daniel Jones is still an enigma in year four. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Jalen Hurts is an enigma. I think we know what he needs to improve on. Um, and I think he is subtly improving on that. Now, do I think he's a top 10 to 12 quarterback? No, but I do think he's gone maybe from top 20 to top 15. And I think that that's important, right? I mean, you want that in your quarterback. And I think he's, I think he can become a top half of the league quarterback this year. Now, is that enough for you to to avoid the draft and, and potential trades down the road? I don't know. But I do think this team can win 11 games. Pretty... Pretty, you know, not effortlessly because in the NFL, that doesn't really make sense. But I, I I think it'd be very hard for this team to not win nine games again this year. Oh my God.
1: I want to stick with the wide receivers and then I have another follow up uh, moving forward with the quarterback. Um, would you say that OJ Brown and Devontae Smith have that potential to be a top five wide receiver duo in the league right
2: now? Absolutely. I think when you have a top five wide receiver, whoever is the guy next to him benefits greatly. Uh, I use the term QB maker. That's what I think that AJ Brown can be. That's what he was for, for Ryan Tannehill in a lot of ways. He is the guy that you can press him, you can push him at the line, you can be physical with him. He doesn't care. He's getting open. It's like when you play Madden and they're playing press coverage, you know that if you're running a go route, and they, you've got like a 75% chance that they're going to go like this and then get behind the defense, right? Like that's what A.J. Brown is to me. Um, he's catching the ball well. Uh, I know he had a pretty big drop rate in Tennessee, uh, but I do think the, the chemistry is there. Devontae Smith is a baller. Like my whole thing with him last year was, man, I would love it if he was not playing X. And so now what you're doing is you're putting him at Z. You're putting him in the slot. You can rotate him in Quez Watkins. You can get the matchup you want. And this kid is one of the best route runners I've ever seen. Like, there's a guy for, for people who are, like, just football junkies. Like, I don't know if you remember Jared Dillard when he came out of Rice. The dude could get low. If you were playing a game of limbo, this dude's winning, okay? That's what... Devonte smith reminds me of like but on like another level like he can he can move and adjust his body so subtly that you are just gonna get worked and cornerbacks are not that good that they can just react like that there are like three cornerbacks in the league that can handle that type of stuff and i, I just think when you're putting him against your, the number two corner yikes um because there are there isn't a number two corner in the league, not even Bradbury, who can 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 really react to that type of route running. I think Quez Watkins looks terrific. I think this is the best trio on paper they've they've had since. Gosh, I'd have to th- like quick <laughs> Harold Carmichael and whoever else, right? Like this is um, this was a To like trade. I'm not saying he's To, but this was like you have gotten a true prototype X wide receiver there's two other guys that are like that Julio Jones was like that you know what i mean uh he's got some subtle speed too i think people talk about like how physical he is but he's getting behind corners too um so look i i think i i think Davante Smith has this trajectory where he's going to i actually think he's going to have more yardage than Brown i think Brown's going to get so many catches, Mm -hmm. but I think that Smith is going to get open so often that the yak responsibility for him. I mean, both guys are yak can be yak machines, but when you're going up against the number two corner and they're doubling AJ Brown, you know what I mean? So, and then you add Dallas Goddard on top of that. I mean, that's
1: yes. scary. (laughs) Yeah. My other question was, Focused on Jalen Hurts, of course. Last season, me and Mark were kind of talking about how, like, at what point do in the season do we say to, you know, Jalen Hurts, if he's not improving, do they need to bench him or look to Gardner, Mentor, or whoever. Going into this season, we know that the pressure is there. So, like, what point in the season would you say would it be Thanksgiving? If he's not making those strides, is it kind of like, all right, you got to sit him.
2: No, he's he's the bell of the ball. This this is this is his team. This is you want to create you you want to create a divide in the locker room. Look, Nick Foles was universally liked his second tour of duty. Yeah, Jalen Hurts, man, I I don't know if I've ever covered a leader like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and look, he's not great in press conferences, in my opinion. I don't think he's very forthcoming, but I think that's part of his charm. Right, is that he is all about what's important uh, to him and to the team. And I think uh, from his perspective, I think, you know, he knows that this locker room is his. Gardner Mitchell's been terrible in training camp, like yeah. to be just brutally honest. Like I've been extremely impressed by Reed that. which, you know, 99 out of a hundred times, I wouldn't have expected to say that at this point in the summer, but yeah, this is Jalen's team. This is this. He, so last year was his audition. This year is his callback, in a lot of ways. And um, look, the callbacks all his. It, it, they will go as he goes. If he bombs, they know what they need to do. And I don't think you'll see a situation where he gets pulled. They could have pulled him last year. They did not. Uh, there, there were some struggles uh, during the second quarter of that season where you're like, uh, this is not going to end well. And then he turned it around. And look, I, they want to be a passing offense. Make no mistake about it. This will not be. This team will not lead the league in rushing yards this year again. They'll be probably top five. But the next progression for him, I think he's having a much better training camp than he did last year. For what it's worth at least from the, the, I mean, I got the full gamut last year, this year, I think he's actually uh, looked better. I know Brandon uh, has had a lot of even and, and yeah. down days yeah. uh, and I didn't know there's a lot of concern. Look, I've stood next to Brandon for all three, uh, for two of those practices. And, um, but I think I come at it from the perspective of seeing the rest of the league and look if you know anything about training camps and you've been covering this league long enough, you know that the defense is typically typically going to be ahead of the offense probably the first week or so. Because you're trying all these new things on offense. On defense, you're simply reacting. Uh, and so I think, like, for him, he just has to – I mean, look, he has to work on his timing. If you watched the scrimmage the other day, you know that he probably would have been sacked, like, six times where he was actually able to get the ball out and and run uh, because they didn't whistle the play dead.
3: Mike, you mentioned Gardner Minshew is struggling. You you wrote about it. You mentioned earlier, Reed Stanett has looked good. They obviously added Carson Strong, who some people thought was a first round pick or at least one of the top quarterbacks in the draft. Do we have a competition for QB two on our hands or is this still like a Gardner Minshew job and he's going to have to sort of figure some things out on his own?
2: Well, if you read some weird tweets, you know that we're out of the age of the mobile quarterback there, Mark.
3: <laughs> this is true. This is true. Uh,
2: anyway, um, no, I don't think there's a competition here for number two. I, I think if is on your roster, he's your number two. Uh, you can't just go by practice reps. You have to kind of know that this is a guy who's been a starter for a team. I think he's, he's a guy that can win you a game. He yeah. can also lose you a game. Yeah, we don't know what Reed Sinet is other than a guy who looks like a character actor from Breaking Bad, who's playing the character of a of a, you know, a, a guy in like a random scene. Right. Right. So uh, I will say this. Carson Strong's look terrible from what really? I in, in the reps that I've seen. Uh, and the feedback I get from other beat writers, not great either. Um You know, I made the comment before he was before the draft that his knee was basically made a silly string. Uh, He's got a terrific go ball uh, throw. I don't see anything else. And look, I'm not trying to be super critical of an undrafted rookie here uh, because I did like his college film more than probably most. But and I like the way he he explained himself with his uh, performance. Uh, at the, I I think it was at the combine. He had an incredible answer for everything. Um, and you know, it'd be good for him to succeed because they gave him a ton of guaranteed money, but people forget that you can roll that guaranteed money into a practice squad spot. Like it's guaranteed one way or another. And if they want to keep four quarterbacks and make him the developmental guy, cool. But reason to me is playing well enough that he's pushing Minshew, but I, I don't think we have a competition here.
1: Who would you say is under more pressure this season? Jalen Hurts or Jonathan Gannon.
2: Jonathan Gannon. Uh, with well, I mean, look, I, I think they're kind of in the same spot, right? If you look at Howie Roseman set them up to succeed, Howie Roseman's not a guy who gets universal praise the way he's gotten praise this offseason. And then you see that Vic Fangio's been in practice multiple times. Yikes. Also, this personnel really fits what Vic Fangio would like to do. Um, Look, I think Jonathan Gannon's one of those guys that is like, I I don't want to compare him to Adam Gase because I don't think they're the same guy, but I think they're one of those guys that's going to be boomer bust as a head coach and as a visionary. And I think his personality really fits with what you'd want as a head coach, but he's kind of an enigma as a defensive coordinator. Like he did not have the talent to to run the defense that he wanted to last year. Uh, He definitely does now. The depth on this defense is phenomenal. Um, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, I I think Jalen's under a bigger spotlight because this is pay up year, uh, you know, and I think I, I would say Jalen hurts by a smidge just because he's more in the spotlight. Half the country doesn't know who Jonathan Gannon is, even if they've been following the NFL for years. So I, I think... Hertz is under more pressure, but I also think that he's probably better positioned to succeed because success for him looks like him just taking the step in my progression for Gannon. It's like, I have to actually look competent after having an offense that was torn apart by any guy who was even a marginally good quarterback. So there, I, I, I think Hertz has more pressure. I think Gannon's under shakier ground, if that makes sense.
3: Last one from me, Mike, and it comes back to Hurts. I think the two areas where people really want to see that growth and development are attack in the middle of the field, like you mentioned earlier and, and pocket management and sort of staying within and fighting in the pocket. What do, what have you seen from him and the practices you've seen in those two areas? I know you mentioned the attack in the middle of the field. And do you think that those are the areas where he has to show the most
2: growth? I'm sorry, you cut out. You said Zach Wilson?
3: No, uh, Jalen Hurts.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, where he needs to show the most growth let's rewind yeah uh it's timing it's all about timing with him like i get nervous for him because a ghost might sack him because he's waiting that long like yeah he's got to pretend like he's in a haunted house and he's trying to get out man like that's the he he is holding on the ball for an exponential amount of time. And I get it. If you if if you've locked into one target like he has with AJ Brown, that's you know, that's gonna happen. And look, Greg Ward's not out there, Devontae Smith isn't out there, they both have injuries, Quez Watkins had an illness uh that night, and he's still getting used to the slot. Jalen Rager's playing exclusively with the second team. Uh, so I'm sure he's not like particularly comfortable with anybody else. Um, I also think he really wants to make this work with AJ Brown. So I think the growth for him in, and we can add a, a category for him is not just it's timing and not just focusing on AJ Brown, right? There there's other mouths to feed. Uh, I think he needs to continue to get better across the middle of the field. I think his vision and his efficiency is improved. But he needs to be more consistent, which is the improvement for every quarterback, right? He's got to be, he's never going to be a 65% or more throw, like completion guy. It's just not going to be a thing for him. And that's okay, uh, frankly, because of what he brings as a mobile quarterback. But he needs to be in that 62 range, I think. Um, it like comfortably in that. Like a 62.7 is a really good number for him. But Again, I think it all comes down to timing.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you for taking the time to chat with us. We told you we weren't going to, like, hold you for super, super long. Do uh, <laughs> you want to plug anything, let the listeners know where they can find your work, find you?
2: Uh, so I'll be at practice on Wednesday. You can check out my observations. Uh, I think they're a lovely compliment to Brandon's observations. There you go. They're, are thorough and terrific. And then, look, Pro Football Network, we just put out a story on uh, – there's roughly 40 guys from the USFL that are in camps right now, and I think their story is really tremendous and the success that the league has had because no one expected anything out of the USFL. And so now there's these 40 guys getting shots. I did a, a long read. Uh, Lance Lenore is on the, on the Eagles. Nick Sirianni's voice is in there. I talked to about six players. Uh give it some time. If you're like a hardcore football junkie and you watch the preseason and you're looking for guys to root for, this is the article for you. Uh it's on my Twitter where you can see but I don't I'm you know, it's it's, it's over. Here. But yeah, Pro Football Network, listen, we are doing a hardcore trading camp tour. I'll be in Nashville for the Titans and Bucks joint practices. I'll be at a couple more Eagles games. I'll cover the Eagles Jets preseason game. So follow along with me. Sorry, I'm so nasally. I, I don't know what is wrong with me. It's like I, I might be allergic to your show. I, I don't know. I literally just so started. Allergic to the
3: QB Factory, Okay. We'll that.
1: Yeah.
2: I'm, more of a de- I'm more of a defensive backs kind of guy, I guess. Okay. okay.
3: We'll get you on the DB Factory then. How about that?
1: Yeah, no sure. Art. But that's going to be all for this episode of the QB Factory Reboot. Don't forget to rate, leave a review, subscribe to our YouTube channel. channel. Uh, Follow us on social media, all that good stuff. Mark, do you have any last words before we wrap up?
3: Well, Mike, thanks as always. Rachelle, again, belated happy birthday. And as always, go Eagles.
1: Go Eagles.
0: And in this presidential election season, The Current explores what a national political advertiser like the National Republican Senatorial Committee and a major CPG brand like Hershey can learn from each other. Listen in and subscribe to The Current at thecurrent.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Here's the truth about AI. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into.